0: What is up, internets, and welcome to the Devil's Advocate for Self Defense podcast, episode fifty-three. All right, welcome back. We have we have another we have another episode of the Devil's Advocate coming out. I know I lied to you and said we weren't doing these anymore, but they're too goddamn fun, so we're gonna keep doing them. Today, I have a brand new person on the show, uh, Brandon Seg. Seg is that how I say it? Seg. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Seg, uh, he's actually a new friend, somebody I met. He is one of the stops on the Rand Rory tour. He's bringing myself and Rory Miller in. If you're not aware of the tour and you're listening to my show, it's kind of crazy. It's all I talk about, but you could jump on Facebook, Rand Rory group. That's where we're doing, all the info for the tour. So uh, Brandon, before we get started and what the debate is going to be in the rules of the show, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well,
1: I've done martial arts for almost 40 years um, and I have a lot of high-ranking degrees, instructorships in Taekwondo, Aukito, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Tai Chi, whatever, a lot of different stuff people don't care, but um, I... Have taught commercially for uh, almost professionally for almost 25 years, uh, both in my commercial martial arts school, which is Gentry Martial Arts Martinsville, which will be the stop on the tour. Um, And but also uh, collegiately at the collegiate setting, both both extracurricularly, but more commonly as an academic course in two different uh, universities, I just phased out of one, uh, but one is a large state university uh, and one is a small liberal arts school. And so I have very different experiences in both of those, uh, but that's kind of what I wanted to focus on today as part of the conversation. And that's kind of something that's unique is my martial arts, self, uh, but more specifically, self-defense courses at that particular setting.
0: Awesome. And so, yeah, like, like uh, Brandon mentioned, that's going to be the topic of today's debate. So today's debate, we tried to boil it down to the simplest sentence we could. Um, And even when we when Brandon pitched this, it was it's probably too big for a 20 minute debate. So maybe when I'm there, we'll continue it, or we'll do this again. I'm probably, I'm sure anytime I can find somebody willing to actually debate, because a lot of you chicken shits won't do it. Uh, Anytime I'm willing to find somebody who's ready to debate, I always take it. But the way we're phrasing today's debate is, is college culture making us less safe? And so the premise of this is going to be, is the climate, is the current culture in university, taking away our ability to defend ourselves. We kind of did this with Tammyard McCracken when we talked about safe spaces, and I'm sure it's gonna bleed into this. Now, how it works is, Brandon, you're going to tell the listeners right now what side of this you are taking.
1: So I would argue that there are some trends that are going on in the current zeitgeist or, cul- or campus climates that are, how should we say, just doing students a disservice and their overall personal protection
0: strategies. Awesome, very, very well phrased. I can tell you've worked at a college or university before just by that phrasing alone. I'm going to obviously, as the devil's advocate, take the opposite side of this. If you wanna know our actual thoughts on this, don't forget to join us on Final Thoughts on Patreon, $5 level where we have bonus content from every show. If you think there's a lot of material for free, Holy crap. Take a look at Patreon. There's way, way more. So uh, on that note, some simple rules. If this is the first time you're listening to the show and you don't know how it works, maybe you're a friend, a fan of Brandon, and you have no idea who I am. Here's how the show works. Number one, uh, we start as friends. We leave as friends. Me and Brandon, this is the first time we've actually interacted outside of Facebook Messenger and emails. So I would like to build a relationship with a person that I'm going to go see in a couple of weeks. Um, So we don't want this to be your standard internet debate where anybody rage quits. So we start as friends, we leave as friends. Number two is I sent ahead of time, 15 logic fallacies. We're going to try to avoid in this conversation. The reason we chose these 15 different uh, logic fallacies is not because it's all of them or it's because it's the best list. It's just the ones that make sure the conversation keeps going. So for example, if one of us get caught in circular logic, oh, but this leads to this and it leads to this again, that doesn't, increase the entertainment of the debate. It doesn't increase the topic. So if one of us gets caught in one of those logic fallacies, the other person just says, Hey, Randy, that's a, uh, you did a red herring there. You're taking me on a trail that I didn't think was supposed to be there, or that's not what I'm saying. Could we also be a straw man in that situation Then I have to, if I cannot debate my way out of it, I have to take a deep breath, chill myself out. That's how we stay friends and then secede my turn to the other person. So they get to chat. Brandon has the first four minutes of the debate to set the, to frame the debate in the way he wants that way. This doesn't turn into just definition versus definition. So Brandon, with all that in mind, are you ready to go? I am. Awesome. So I'm starting the clock. Now you have up to four minutes to set the stage for this debate. Go.
1: So as I mentioned, I teach at two different, very different types of universities. And so while they are in close proximity Uh, They are very different cultures. I've seen very markedly different responses to the same stimulus in both schools. So we have to acknowledge that there is a difference in climate from place to place. And individuals within a universe, and we're talking about thousands of individuals, a relevant example is, for example, there is a contingency on both campuses that viewed my self-defense courses as basically a form of victim blaming. Now, obviously, the people who take my class do not share that same opinion. So there's obviously a wide range of people, but just in general trends that I've observed over the years, the zeitgeist that is going on on most campuses is not congruent to a self-defense mindset. And I find this disheartening because the university is supposed to prepare you for life, not only just as a career, but also adulting in general. And I might be biased, but that should also include safety. And I would assert that the campus climates is doing students a disservice in this regard, and I see that manifest in a couple of related ways: uh, the political correctness/slash social justice emphasis to the point of almost you know being woke, and with this idea of wokeness, um, and then couple that with kind of um, a very a, a sensitivity to triggers, and I would argue to, for lack of a better term, a hypersensitive sensitivity to triggers. And this leads us to you know, a lot of discussion on microaggression and safe places and stuff like that. But against that backdrop, what I increasingly see as the common response to a perceived slight or injustice is basically histrionics. The, to throw a hissy fit, ad hominem attacks, you know, kind of this mob mentality, cancer culture going rampant. And as Mark McYoung points out, they often commit all the verbal violence, intimidation, emotional violence, I've seen spitting on people, throwing coffee on people, to to the point of actually throwing real hands and throwing real violence there. But now, in in the echo chamber of the campus, where most people agree or are at least sympathetic or tolerant of that uh, opinion this is done without consequences and um most likely it's still a weapon-free zone and no one is going to risk expulsion for getting into a fight or even maybe just arguing against the mob right but uh, they very well may be shocked when those people end up in an environment where that behavior is going to get them hit and they don't even what's kind of more scary is that they don't realize that they're don't realize their contribution to the conflict, how they are escalating the con that conflict almost to the point of violence, in part because it is the accepted norm on campus. And more broadly, you know we, we everybody uses a phrase now that the more easily you are triggered, the more easily you are manipulated. And you know, as I say in my self-defense classes, when it comes to self-defense and triggers in the in the broader sense, most certainly, really sucks people have them and then people have dealt with stuff not arguing that but um when it comes to self-defense triggers is kind of a you problem right and to prove my point about this i actually got written up i was uh, had an incident report uh filed against me for stating that in my self-defense class someone didn't like me saying that
0: okay so that's 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 a lot you came in hot it's awesome so we have a couple of points here that we have to debate uh, so let's start with the PC social justice thing. So the thing you said was university is supposed to prepare you for the world and I agree with that. Um, but I would argue that the world you are talking about is the world that is coming from this generation of people. So it is still kind of preparing them for the world in the way that that is the world that is being created. So uh pc social justice all that stuff there is obviously some problems in it and like you said we have talked about different spectrums of this when it comes to different places i don't see these as inherently bad and i don't believe they're affecting safety in fact i think that social justice and uh pc culture is allowing people who may not have spoke up before to feel safe enough to speak up so i think there is a benefit to groups that may have been marginalized or brought up it seemed to be brought down that now have an ability to speak up and be recognized so i would argue that learning to assert yourself through pc culture is actually making them safer because if they can assert themselves there they can assert themselves in the real world that would overlap any thoughts on that so i agree with you probably
1: uh trying to come up with a counterpoint probably the increased individual agency that it is fostering is a good thing in terms of self-defense um and helping them find their voice however i would push back and i would say you gave me a little bit of a red herring there sure and that okay there and and uh there are a lot of conversations that are worthwhile conversations to be had. Um, and I talk about this in my self-defense classes, for example, that uh, there are, you know, rape culture and social justice. And there are a lot of other tangential conversations to be had in uh, that are worthwhile conversations. But that that is not the same as when that, person who disagrees with you, arguably a predator, is right in front of you. So I use this example in my self-defense classes a lot, um, that, um, you know, it, if if someone is in front of you, it doesn't matter whether they were, you know, they were uh, how they were treated as a child, what their conflict is, what what parts of their brain are working or not working, whether they have enough fish in their diet, which rain correlated to violence or whatever, right? It, you, you, those things don't matter when the predator is right in front of you. Right. And I ask my students, do they wanna be armed with rhetoric or whether they wanna be armed with hard skills? And so while those are important, conversations to be had for the broader society as a whole they are not helping the individual on a one-on-one level but i the the problem is what you brought up is really one of the hearts of the matter is that we talk so much about them on more of a broader global scale abstraction scale that people don't look at it more on an individual level if i if i may give you a bit of an example Yeah, of course. So from one of my classes, so uh, fast defense, we've done doing fast defense. It's still one of my favorite self-defense modules out there. It is a major component of what we do. It's out of the Ramcat, um, Peyton Quinn, um, model mugging. There's a lot of offshoots of it. So I, I, I probably a lot of people are pretty familiar with, we do the archetypes of Um, For boundary setting, we talk about the passive versus the aggressive archetype and stuff. And so, you know, I still use the, uh, I was introduced to the alter ego of Bubba as the as the uh, Bill Kipp brought that to me. And I still use that over the years. So my alter ego is Bubba. And so Bubba comes in at the party and the girl is too passive and doesn't set a boundary. And I come in and hug her and I slime her. And we talk about in scene and I ask the students, okay, what went wrong with that? So I asked the students one time, and, and this girl's like, Ooh, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, OK, what? And, and she goes, He clearly did not recognize that she was uncomfortable with his presence. I mean, I just looked at her and I said, Do, th- do you think this self defense course is about fixing the bubbas of the world? Right. And so, um, again, not that those aren't worthwhile conversations to be had. But people end up looking at it from that perspective, than not their individual agency, what they have to do
0: when the bubba is in front of them. So I think we traded herring for herring, uh, which is fine. But in this situation, so number one, you're defining safety as hard skills um well just the not ex- exclusively but yes right okay so that because that's an important that's an important thing for me with this debate is making sure i understand what you mean by safety yeah i would then i would then say so if we look at the quinn model from uh passive to aggressive you're looking for the you know or assertive or whatever the model was uh the person her obviously the answer you got was not the answer you were looking for but Wouldn't somebody who is entrenched in PC cancel culture be more assertive and stand up in that situation? So, when creepy guy came in, they would spout that to them. I think, like I'm saying, if we're looking at the assertiveness on the soft skill side, not the hard skill side, on the soft skill side, there is some benefit to the people having stood up for themselves and then succeeding in standing up for themselves, building that habit of success. People, some of the so social justice warriors are here too in Canada. Obviously, they're everywhere. Um, they they will tell you everything that is wrong. There is very little passivity in them, maybe because they have no fear of physical repercussion. I know it's part of the debate, but I said just on the social justice side, for looking at safety from a big spectrum, I don't see that as weakening them. Um, but on the physical side, maybe yes. Well, so that goes back around to my first point. I think I
1: hit the table, sorry there. Um, that goes back to my first point that, uh, so in that particular case, we were just talking about it. I was illustrating a passive example. Yes. Generally speaking though, to my original point, there's a difference between finding your voice, yeah. but then overreacting, becoming more self-assertive and escalating the situation. And I see the in, the increasingly default response um, on campuses to go to the point of escalation yeah. and to the point of Like they on to to some point, they just don't want to stand up for themselves. It's almost to the point where they want to punish the other person. And this is where we're getting much more into the aggressive response and and getting to the point where they are escalating the situation to a dangerous level to themselves. But they don't but they don't realize that's a possibility outside the echo chamber of campus.
0: Right. I agree. So but wouldn't wouldn't you say we said earlier college is where you're supposed to maybe we didn't say earlier on this so i will set the premise of college is where you're supposed to learn and you're supposed to discover yourself and figure out what works and what doesn't work wouldn't that be exactly the purpose of that just done in a different manner but
1: they don't get the repercussions because right they don't know it doesn't
0: work in other places but then you're assuming that there's you're assuming uh guaranteed repercussions will happen and that is not true that's fair
1: but there's a lot more likely risk sure. of that happening okay um and so i'll give you a, uh okay so uh this is analogy yep. not a slippery slope argument got it thank okay. you for,
0: thank you for clearing that up i appreciate it
1: okay but so i just had this week we just started back to school i had a young lady email me who needs to take a mental health week okay now we had we started last week to school. So she's been in with me one day in class and she needs a week break from me. Right. So now agency from an, an agent, from an uh, 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 ind- individual agency and taking care of yourself and everything else, kind of hard. You know, uh, you, know, you, you got to do what you got to do. I understand that and everything else. Okay. The university s- setting is very, you know, with safe places and everything else is very conducive to that. Okay. So, I mean, as far as my class goes, okay, you got to do what you got to do, et cetera. You got to get your material or whatever. Okay. In contrast, uh, if that was someone coming to work at my studio and they had two days of work and then said they needed a week vacation, they would not be coming back to work. Right, Right. Right. And so, so again, by analogy, yes, I'm assuming that there, I'm assuming that there is more of a risk of repercussion, but at the same time, the likelihood is a lot greater in the real world than what they're experiencing in the
0: university setting. And I don't think that people are really getting that connection. So I would, so number one, I agree with what you're saying. How many people though, so this is an outlier, how many people are taking these mental health weeks from your class? Uh, well,
1: uh, just one officially who knows right. something.
0: So, which is fair. So, yeah. having one person in a culture who is weak or using the culture for advantage isn't necessarily, uh, doesn't condemn the entire culture. So, the debate we're having is is the campus culture making them less safer? And I would have to say, on average, this is one person. There are still people coming to your class, right? Yes. Right. And so there are not, and again, there's always going to be people who take advantage of mental health weeks and all these other things. But if, if that's not the average, then I don't know if the argument can be made that this, the, what's going on is making them less safe.
1: Well, I don't have hard data, but I would assert to you that the, that again, I have seen this trend increase in terms of again, just the way people, uh, the maybe I don't know if it's an average, you know, the average, but the percentages are certainly going up where this is more and more the accepted norm.
0: Right. Now that being said though, because it's accepted norm, are people more people just taking advantage of it. And it used to be hidden as sick days or my mom died or whatever. Right. Like just because we can quantify something doesn't mean that thing didn't always exist before we had the category for it. Well, that might be true
1: but um again going back to getting back on the point of more specifically about personal safety for whatever reason you're doing it you're still putting yourself more at risk right Right. so um i the motivations are a little more irrelevant to what 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 is actually you know the behavior is is potentially costing us
0: okay if that makes sense so let's jump on to we're only have five minutes left. but Let's jump on to the uh, triggers. Let's talk about triggers yeah. for a couple of seconds. So uh, you the you set up that you believe that people triggers are important. You said that, so I'm not gonna not gonna make sure. I'm making sure that's clear. Everybody said said it is important. Um, Everybody uses a little different word for triggers, but we'll right. say that for later. Exactly. So on that note, then you think there's an oversensitivity oversensitivity to triggers. Now again, because this debate is about is it safer? Is it oversensitivity? Because when the people who are judging this came up, they weren't allowed to make these statements. And so just because they weren't allowed to make them, it seems like it's a weakness now because I think now using your triggers as an excuse not to do something obviously is wrong. You can't, that's just right. That's not, that's not all life works. but being sensitive to triggers is important if you're willing to work on them and grow from them. So I don't know if being sensitive to triggers is a bad thing or this culture of allowing people to explore that as a bad thing because they are going to get those repercussions, like you said. Even if it's not physical, it could be loss of a job, whatever, and they're going to have to adjust in either way. So what are your thoughts on this? So so let me clarify a little bit. Yeah, of course. It is
1: not that it being sensitive to other people's triggers is not a bad thing. Right. It is becoming quick too quick to become not being able to manage your own triggers right. and being able to uh be and because people are willing to tiptoe around your tr- triggers um that becomes a behavior that then is not going to work when you get in front of someone who is trying to use triggers against you right. to manipulate you to get you to fly off the handle to get a hook to justify what they wanted to do against you in the first place, etc., cetera. And people don't understand that or aren't, I, I feel like more and more students don't understand that
0: switch um, between the two. Is it university the perfect place to figure that stuff out though? Like, you know, the first step to uh, healing is acknowledging, right? So if you're an addict, the first step to nailing your addict, you have to be like, look, I'm a drunk, I need to fix this, right? Or whatever, drunk's probably not the word I'm about to use anymore. But you understand what I'm saying. Wouldn't this be the same thing? They admit they have a trigger, they start again, they're going to start figuring it out. Maybe they're being oversensitive, but eventually that's going to get boiled out of them. But knowing what the trigger is and having that awkward period, because the way it's sounding is the way, and again, I'm not saying you're saying this, but what I might be hearing, so clarify, is this culture will then make them weak forever. Like there's no, you're, it sounds like there's no journey inside of college. And I still think there has to be. So somebody comes in as a freshman. Yeah. It's my self-defense class. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, I'm sure there is, there's also other areas, right. They're going to get professors that are, you know, that are pushing. And isn't it just because the college culture is different. Doesn't mean they're still not learning the same lessons. They might not be learning them as hard and quick, but I still think it's happening, but you disagree. Well, again, there are,
1: goes back everybody's individual journey can be very very different for sure but i feel like because no i don't feel like i feel like people are becoming are there uh how to say people are less likely to get to that point because everybody else you mentioned getting through or working through your triggers yeah i feel like people are less likely to get to that point Because the default is everybody else has to basically tiptoe or cater around them on the university setting. So they're not forced in a lot of cases to do that work until much later. And my concern is that later is much too late for it to be, and
0: and something really traumatic does happen as a consequence. And again, I have to go to like the last thing I'm going to say here, I guess, is, is that, but is that... Is that a factor in opinion, right? Like, do we know, do we know that these people aren't eventually working through it? Do we know the process isn't working? It may seem like that, but it only seems like that because the squeakiest wheel gets the grease, right? So like uh, my daughter, they make fun of all that kind of stuff and all of her friends do, and there's like 50 of them, right? So yeah, there's one kid that's being the squeaky wheel, but is that necessarily, does that necessarily condemn the entire experience? I don't know. Um. I see what you're saying. And it goes the silent majority and
1: everything. And my daughter is very much, um, uh, she's on she's on another campus and and she's very much in the same boat. Right. Um, but uh, I I would say that she probably feels a little more like the voice in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, or to put another way, uh, there are, inc- it has just been my, I don't have hard data, but it has been my increasing personal experience that there are more and
0: more squeaky wheels out there. Awesome. That is the end of the free debate, Brandon. Thank you so much. That was super fun. We could easily go into. We didn't even get the microaggressions or cancel culture or all the other things we could talk about. We are jumping to final thoughts. In final thoughts, you hear my thoughts on the topic, uh, which might shock you because of how I debated. So, if you want to hear that, feel free to jump over to Patreon, five dollar level. If not, look for the next one of these that's coming out. Uh, I will do my quick promo, and we'll make sure yours is the last one. So, Rand Rory tour is happening in a week. I leave ideally. Lord, COVID willing, I can cross the border, but I will hopefully be doing this trip. Um, We have a bunch of dates on the Rand Rory Facebook page. Don't forget to follow me on the socials. Brandon, where can people get a hold of you? So my commercial school is
1: Gentry Martial Arts Martinsville at Gentry Martial Arts Martinsville on Facebook. I, you know, there's some ads for my school and stuff, but I do put content up there. Um, My blog post goes on there occasionally, or I share other content that might be relevant to this audience. Um, and then really the only other thing I have to peddle is I take some of my rants and essays and I've put them into a couple of different, uh, eBooks on Amazon. So the first one is drops against the stones, the rants and ravings of a martial arts eccentric, which most people would describe me as say, that's an app description. Um, so they're like five bucks. So if you've got, um, some extra Amazon credits for you, cause you opted for the slow shipping and want to buy me a cheap cup of coffee, then I'd welcome that. But other than that, yeah, just find me on Instagram,
0: Gentry underscore MA or Gentry Martial Arts Martinsville. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Brandon. Again, it's always, always a pleasure to find somebody who's willing to talk about stuff on the internet. And again, I'm calling you out, other instructors. You know who's ducking me, you know. So uh, have these conversations. This is not intimidating. This is just for fun to have a conversation. Join us on final thoughts and we will see you all soon.